0: Want to become an AI trailblazer in the product world? Pragmatic Institute's newest workshop, AI for Product Professionals, is your ticket to generative AI mastery. In this hands-on training, learn to master ChatGPT GPT and prompt engineering to transform your product strategies, rapidly create content, optimize workflows, and make razor-sharp product decisions fueled by data. Don't just keep up with the AI revolution, lead it. Seats are limited. Enroll today at pragmaticinstitute.com slash workshop.
1: Hello, oh, and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I am Rebecca Calajeras of Pragmatic Institute and your host for this episode. Today, I'm extremely excited to have on Will Scott, who is one of the most impressive minds in B2B product marketing and management, our newest Pragmatic instructor, and someone that I always, always learn from whenever we have a conversation. So I'm extremely excited to have you on the show. Will, welcome. Thanks
0: very much, Rebecca. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: And today we're going to talk about something that is currently everywhere, right? It's everywhere in the news. It's every story that you read. It's something I think we're all playing with and thinking about a lot, which is AI, and specifically AI as it relates to our roles in product management and product marketing. That's right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. But before we jump into that, Will, why don't you give everybody sort of your origin story, right? What is it that made you so passionate about product and product marketing and really drove you to what you do today?
0: Well, I think like most people, I never set out to become a product manager and a product marketeer. Many product managers and product marketeers I talked to ended up in that role as a result of finding something really interesting. Of all things, I studied in university naval architecture. So it's a very engineering heavy degree. But my first job, I was living and working actually in Central Europe, was in a role of business development and product marketing. And I found myself getting a real passion about it because I think, you know, utilizing my engineering skills, I like to really decompose and understand difficult Mm. problems. And then from there, construct solutions. And then going forward, as it relates to marketing, how do we articulate the brilliance and the fantasticness of all that we've done? in a manner that the people who are perhaps not as familiar with what we do can understand and can resonate. So throughout my career, I sort of got more and more involved in product marketing and product management, mainly towards the end of my career as in the marketing side of things, the CMO, but I still have a sort of deep love from my original role in product management. Anyway, and then I, as most recently joined uh, Pragmatic Marketing, which is Pragmatic Institute, which has been something I've been, uh, talking on and off to Pragmatic for a number of years, but now I decided it was the right time in my career to become an educator and see what I can do to help my fellow product managers and product marketeers.
1: Excellent. And I think that's one of the exciting things about being at Pragmatic, right, is we are very, very passionate about products and in the roles we've had before, and then to come and be able to share that passion and to find others who are entering that space and who also share that passion and to be able to kind of like, help them grow as we also learn and expand, I think is one of the best parts about being here.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that struck me is that when you talk to product managers or product marketers, no matter what kind of product they're managing or marketing, when you take away the nouns, the verbs stay the same. They're all trying to do the same thing, Mm -hmm. whether it's a physical hardware product, it's a software product, it's a service. We're all trying to do the same thing, which is deeply and intimately understand the problems of the marketplace and build fantastic solutions to that regardless of what kind of product you have. So I think under the surface of the product itself, we're all, we've all got very similar DNA, I think.
1: Absolutely. So recently, I've been thinking a lot back about my time, both, you know, my decades in products, you know, we're getting to that point where it is, there's a plural at the end, and my 11 years here at Pragmatic. And I think about just how much product management and product marketing has changed, right? Many, many ways. Again, not only is the problems that we're trying to solve the same across industries, but the problems that we're trying to solve are the same that they've always been right. but but there's still been some really big shifts, right? When we yes. think of agile and we think about the rise of SaaS solutions, right? those things and that sort of continue release really, really change the industry. that there isn't always like a, a point in time when you're like, it happened that day, right it It always feels a little bit like it happened kind of slowly over time. What I find interesting about AI. And I know that, I know it's been around a long time and I was be like, you know, it didn't, you know, the world didn't change with, with the release in November, but it kind of did because it became so much more accessible to so many different people. And so when I think about big changes in products, it's hard not to think of AI and generative AI in particular, with, which gives us the access to it really being one of those things that it's just, it, we're still gonna be solving the same problems. We're still the same needs, but the way we do it, maybe has shifted quite notably and maybe forever.
0: Absolutely. I agree. And I think those shifts that you and I have both seen over our careers, right? Although it is a bit like that frog in a hot plate scenario, we didn't really Mm -hmm. notice them coming. Even if I compare, because we're both around for the internet revolution, that took several years for it to take, several years before people really grasped about what it was all about and how it could change their business. What has struck me about uh, generative AI is it being from unknown to everyone talking about it within mm. a matter of six months. I mean, this time last year, no one was talking about generative AI. And now you can't move on any kind of product marketing or product management or frankly, any kind of business website without reading about it. So what struck me is the speed at which it became yeah. like the, the latest topic.
1: But the internet was a good comparison, right? Because I think there was a, a big belief that it wasn't like, maybe it was just a fad and it wasn't going to stick around, which sounds so ridiculous to say out loud. And I think with AI, we all know it may shift and change yeah. and it will continue to evolve, but it's not going anywhere. You cannot put this genie back in the bottle.
0: No, you can't. But I'm sure just like most technologies is going to follow some version of, you know, the Gardner hype cycle, right? Where we reach the peak of inflated expectations and then the trough of disillusionment. And I, well, I can't remember the last plateau of productivity, I think, was the last one. Oh, right.
1: Absolutely. And you can even see some of that's already occurring where yeah. people are like, well, it's not a miracle cure, right? And that's totally true. Yeah, But it is important. I think that's why we want to talk about it today, right? It's yeah. important. It's going to evolve, but it's not going to go away. So how do we as product management and product marketing people really leverage it effectively and understand its opportunity? Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about, I know you've been thinking a ton about this. You've been working on our course about this. Yep. This is an area that you're very passionate about. Tell me a little bit about when you think about the use cases, right? Those that really that you've seen either people do and can share about. Or that you just think, man, there is so much opportunity for this kind of use case?
0: Well, I think if I sort of, first of all, think about how when I've talked to product managers and product marketers, obviously, we're still in a very nascent position. A lot of people are just in experimental, in experimenting mm-hmm. mode right now, which is absolutely fine. I think that's the right thing. They're trying to get to grips with it, seeing where it can help them, seeing where its strengths are, seeing where its weaknesses are. And I think the biggest use case is sort of a meta level is generative AI tools, particularly large language models can act as a collaborative partner. Mm. And I think that's the most important thing. I've been using it a ton myself, spending a lot of time experimenting with it, refining my prompts, getting different answers out there, asking you to give it in, you know, different structures and different formats and things like that. So as a collaborative partner, I think this is an absolutely remarkable technology. And so that's where I think of the use case. So when you can apply that to things like positioning, things like persona development, things like problem identification, things like coming up with different ideas for different marketing language, all those sort of things can benefit from having this super collaborative partner that's very articulate and, you know, generates great rhetoric that we can utilize.
1: I love the way that you use the term collaborative partner, because I think it's what people say when they're like, oh, it's a good first draft or it's a good first thing. But your point is, it is not the answer isn't there, but there is so much help and there's so much assistance. There's different perspectives that when you use it as a tool and you collaborate with it, the combined answer that you guys get, not just it's, but the combined one is where you really see the power.
0: Absolutely. And I remember many years ago, a CTO that I worked with came out, with, it gave me a phrase which I've never forgotten, which is it's always easier to criticize rather than synthesize and I remember back in my consulting days, I'd oftentimes go and do all my interviews around in a organization and then I'd give a presentation and preface it with, this is almost certainly wrong, but what I want you to tell me is where it's wrong. And it's just so much faster to get to an effective result than just staring at a, at a blank whiteboard and trying to come up with the answer. So that's what I think is very powerful of, is it gives you that first draft to then you can criticize and iterate on.
1: I love that. I think a lot of this is wrong. Show me where it's wrong. It also just makes it very collaborative, right? You yeah. immediately put people in the different spots. So I'm going to steal that. <laughs> so you talked about a couple of, you just named three or four different yeah. areas in particular where AI might be a good collaborative partner. Can we talk a little bit more in detail about some yeah, of those? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So there was one actually in preparing for this course, I was experimenting with some different prompt types and we spent a lot of time in the new course talking about the wide variety of different prompt types. And one mm-hmm. of them is where you can ask, in this case, we're using Chat GPT, but you could equally use Claude and things like that, to assume a persona. You are the CFO of a mid-market manufacturing company, and you're, you know, and you you lay out some kind of scenario for this CFO, and then you can start asking it questions, almost as if it was a real person. Now, obviously, it's not a real person, but it's a great way of starting to get insight into some of the you know, problems that the market face by asking questions. You'd love to be able to ask a real CFO, right? But I think where you have to be cautious is recognize that we can't just take these answers as certain truth, right? It allows us to generate our hypotheses, which we might then go and test further out in the marketplace rather than just outsourcing all our thinking. So that was a great example is I was asking it to pretend to be a CFO and, and asking any question I like in a very safe environment without worrying you know, you're going to sound stupid because uh, that <laughs> Chappity doesn't judge you, at least not yet. Anyway.
1: Right. I mean, I think that's really interesting for personas, maybe where you're less familiar with, right, To yeah. or where you're just going to start to get some hypothesis to test, kind of. Because to your point, you want to be careful that we're not in a closed circuit, right, where we're just asking it and getting the same answers. And it's sort of, creating a false narrative, right? It's not human centered if we're only talking to the AI. But I also think the another interesting part about that, when we talk about using it for some of those things is in that scenario, your competitor could be asking the exact same question and the exact same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you think about that when you think about AI and sort of lowering competitive barriers, or just how do we continue to get differentiation if, you know, that tool and those answers are going to be the same for everybody?
0: Right. It's a bit worrying, right? If every single product manager out there who's in the business of building, I don't know, account software, accounting software, SMEs, ask the same questions, you know, there's a risk we're all going to end up with the same product, right? I don't think that's really going to happen. But this is where I think that the power of the human working with the machine comes together. As individuals, right? I think about going out and things that AI can't do right now. When we go out and do, you know, our, our discovery interviews, right? The sort of situational fluency you have to have there the sort of intuition you have to have where Rebecca, I hear you hesitate or pause or struggle for words and things like that. That's something that today AI can't do, right? And I as a human, because I do have that intuition, can press on further and push down these various threads. So I think it's still, you know, having AI doesn't eliminate by any means the critically important role of being a product manager or a product marketeer. It still requires a level of intuition and experience, right? We're not going to outsource all our thinking to large language models.
1: I totally agree with that. And I would also add from something that you've taught me previously, right, too, that how we do the prompts, the type of context that we provide is another way we differentiate, right? If we bring a deeper knowledge and understanding of our personas to the conversation and share it with that, the answers I get back are different, right? So yeah. both I can use my intelligence or my market intelligence both during the process and after the process to make sure that it's both accurate and that it's differentiated. And I think that's a really, really important. There's a difference between, you know, tell me what a CFO would think and tell me what a CFO who, you know, works with this kind of company where maybe they're looking to get purchased. And this, all that extra pieces of context and understanding are going to provide the AI with a better understanding to respond to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, right now, chat GPT can remember the last 8,000 tokens, approximate that to words. You know, fortunately, I can remember the last 30 years of my career. Well, I'm not sure I can remember. <laughs> entirely, but, you know, approximately, right? And those synaptic connections that I've made are unknown to me consciously, but I still, you know, when I go out and we do yeah. these market discovery interviews, we're making connections we don't even know why we're making them. And this is where intuition and imagination come into mm-hmm. play as well. And I think one of the things it's, you have to caution ourselves is, you know, sort of anthropomorphizing Chad GPT. They're not people, they're not, you know, artificial intelligence is actually a misnomer. One of the things we talk about in the course is how it actually works, what it's actually doing. And that, when I learned it, just brought a lot of clarity to say, okay, I understand now, and now I understand how it does what it does. I can understand where the limitations, where the caution, mm-hmm. value-add opportunities for me are that you might not necessarily know because I'm sure you played with Rebecca. It feels like a person, right? We talk yeah. about what does Chat GPT say, like it's a person, and it's not. It's a very sophisticated piece of computer code, but it's it's not a person.
1: It's funny though because I was talking to someone and they're like, "Well, I asked Chat GPT its opinion," and I thought, "What? Well, it it doesn't it doesn't have it." But you start to to forget that, right? I don't want it. its opinion, <laughs> right? Like that's not going to help us. But both of us have been in, in wide product careers, but I think both of us have a soft spot for the the product marketing side of the right. house, which is obviously where all the cool kids hang out. Uh, yeah. As I always tell our product management team internally, oh, like, well, you know, you guys are okay. But and I do think we've seen, and I know we've heard a lot of stories, and we've seen a lot of of activities about product marketing and marketing communication yep. really leaning into AI as the means for creating messaging.
0: Yes, right? absolutely.
1: Talk to me a little bit about the opportunities there and some of the concerns and threats.
0: Yeah, well, I think certainly as a a collaborative tool, once more, the idea that it can get you that starting point, we can say, no, that's not quite right. I started playing around with, you know, create me 15 different LinkedIn post intros to an article I just wrote on LinkedIn, right? And I had a look at them and I said, okay, well, change it this way, change it that way. So then now you're seeing people saying, well, you know, what we can do is we can create 15 different pieces of copy for an advert that we're going to run LinkedIn. And we're gonna run it for a week and then we're gonna pull the results. We're gonna see the top pre-performing. We say, Chat GPT, these are the top pre-performing messages that you put out there. Now create me 15 variants of those. So almost like in a Darwinian way, we can start doing some mm. selection and refinement generation over generation over generation of fantastic marketing messaging. And so that's you know one of the ways I see it. But just on the creative side, when you ask it to you know, it, it's that classic sort of rewrite that in the style of William Shakespeare or rewrite that as a haiku. It can generate ideas that you didn't know you had and the speed at which it can give those returns, I think is is very powerful.
1: Yes. I think that one area that, that this is where you always see that the bad articles, right, is there is an accuracy piece, right? Which really? isn't true when you're doing a headline and those kind of things. But, but I think we see more and more people trying to do content since content is such a big part of product marketing and they think that's okay the ai can write it and you know there there we all there's a million examples of well that's not that. both yeah. where the accuracy is off or where you read it and you think no human being wrote that <laughs> because yeah. hardly any human being can read it right yes. and i think there's a again a definite danger there doesn't mean there isn't an opportunity but i think the idea that content can't be a differentiator anymore because ai can write content is probably missing what really strong differentiated content was about, right? Uh, There's always uh, been bad blog posts winning at SEO battles, but they don't end up getting the company where it wants to be.
0: Because of the speed at which you can generate things, we can easily get seduced back into the idea that quantity rules over quality. You know, I watch these short form videos, you know, on the Facebook feed that says, hey, now you can outsource, you know, the creation of 25 different AI generated talking AI videos, and you don't have to do anything. You just create a script and feed it all in. And I want to say why? Right. Why why? Why create 25? Do you think that somehow quantity is going to be a uh, ruling over quality? Uh, the other thing as well is let's remember AI, yeah. you know, whilst it can come up with new ways of stating things that have already happened, I think the really powerful content is going to be talking about the future, showing really good thought leadership. And whilst it might be able to help you do that that's where the differentiation is going to be. And I agree with you. Now you can read content and say, no one wrote that. No one, no one says sentences like that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. But like, so we, there's lots of opportunities. We've talked about some yeah. of the cautions. Is there any like thing that you've done or something that you've talked to people that just kind of like, it may not have been perfect, but it's got that spark of excitement where you're like, holy crud, this is starts to show where we could be long-term. Like what's the idea?
0: Yeah, I think the, again, I go back to it now as that collaborative partner. When I have that moment of inspiration, when I have that moment at seven o'clock in the evening after finishing, dinner, I said, oh, I just have a really good idea. I want to explore that a little bit more. Now I don't have to wait to have a call with someone, right? I can actually step into the entire internet and start exploring that idea there and then. So the speed at which we can innovate, not only because it's always on, but also because it's so quick at coming with these very informed responses is incredible. And that's like, I'm like, how are we going to make sense of that in product management and product marketing? I don't well, know the answer yet. I know it's going to change our jobs and, and I'm sure there's lots of other people who are going to have an opinion on this, but the speed of innovation, both on the product management and product marketing side is going to be accelerated. However, we would be in risk without just checking the cautions, right? We've talked about hallucinations and we've all read yep. the stories. And I think one of the cautions, this is something we talk about in the course as well. One of the cautions is, It's a very friendly system. It will give you an answer, (laughs) whether it's right or wrong. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it it will never say, I don't know.
0: (laughs) So, and I remember, because we're collaborating with another company on developing this, I remember saying, well, how do you know it's the wrong answer? And he's like, this is now where your intuition comes in. This is now saying, okay, that, that doesn't look right to me. And so we've got to be careful of that, right? And there's even these new things like what happens when AI starts feeding off its own content, apparently the model breaks down. You've got this concept called drift, where over time it drifts off. So there's lots of things we have got to be cautious about. But, you know, as someone said to me the other day, I think it was actually, I went to an AI conference and said, this is the worst version of AI you will ever use. Mm. You're using right now, right?
1: Uh, and that, I think, is, is the exciting part. Yes. Understand it is imperfect, but don't wait to learn about it and try it until it's perfect, right? I think you'd be really far behind. Yeah. And just to know that it's going to continue to get better. And every once in a while when something good comes are you, like, oh man, like you said, this is the early version and the power it could have down the road is, is really exciting.
0: It's a, it's a, but it's also not a nice to have Rebecca as well. I think anyone going yeah. on a job interview tomorrow who says, I, I haven't really played with it, I don't know anything about it, is going to be on the back foot there, I think is expected now in all professions, but certainly in product management, product marketing, you're going to get the question, What's your view on AI? What's your thoughts of it? And that's where you, you've got to educate. You can't hide from this. It's, as you said, you can't put that genie back back in the bottle, right?
1: And it will be interesting because I do think most people, most people are at that stage still of, I'm playing with it, right? I use it for some things. I, I don't necessarily have a, a full process or procedure about how or when. There are definitely some of our clients, though, that are working on building that kind of function into their product, which is a little bit further down. But it will be interesting when it goes from, you know, what are your thoughts play around to how do you leverage it? Yeah. Where Where is the process and the place and, and what are the best places for it, I think, is another area to just keep exploring.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's where where you've got to sort of get a little bit more formal about your investigation of this new opportunity is one thing to dig your hands in and say, hey, You know, I I went to Europe this summer for my vacation and I stayed in Southern Bavaria and I had AI suggest a whole bunch of places. That was fantastic, right? But I think it would be a remiss of many people just to think that playing around for personal reasons and AI as a curiosity will be sufficient to answer that question in the job interview, right? It has to be a little bit more structured and a little bit more formal interrogation of what it can do and, and where it can help you.
1: Excellent. If you were going to in that idea, right, if you were like, okay, so it's great to play with it. That's how you get your feet wet. And it's really great to play with it on, I think, sometimes personal items or things you really know, because it helps you see how it gives you an idea of, oh, it's like 92 percent accurate or whatever. Something that you can really use your intuition on is great. Yeah. But then to your point, that's great. You've got that far now. Like, think about some areas of your role where you can test it and see are there hints that you would give listeners about how to go about doing that? They're ready for that stage. Like, let me go a little step further.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's where it comes down. I mean, it's a phrase we've all heard. But when I was learning and preparing to teach this course, I got a lot of experience. I spent more hours than I care to remember playing with AI models. And what I learned is how critical understanding the question you ask, known today as prompt engineering is and all the different ways you can structure it. And I'm going, say, I'm going way beyond, Rebecca, the prompts you can go and download from websites, right? It's how do you structure prompts in a way that you can get AI to help itself, what we call metacognition prompts, right? Understanding that and just seeing the variety of answers you can get when you change the context and you change the prompt is enlightening. It's only through really understanding that through the lens of a product manager and product marketer, I think, that can you start sort of getting to grips with with how it can help you in your job over and above, you know, where should I go and eat this weekend or what movie should I go and see? Do you know what I mean?
1: I love that idea too of just, I mean, I think there are some great ways to to learn prompts and we'll talk about our course shortly. But I also think it's a great exercise to be going after the same information and just change the prompt and see how that evolves. And then you really start to see, again, how important it is and how much you bring to the table. By asking the right questions,
0: absolutely. And I, I was—I failed to mention this earlier on because I was even thinking because we actually because we're great product managers in, in pragmatic as well. I've been doing a lot of discovery interviews for this course as well. And one of the things I found generative AI helpful in me doing is structuring my questions because I'd ask mm-hmm. the imaginary AI generator product manager a question that I thought I might ask in a discovery interview. I saw the answer. I said. Now I've seen that answer. I actually think I want to change my question. Mm. Talk about a fantastic environment where you can experiment with. Now I've seen what the answer is. I'd actually ask that question a little bit different way. So there in and of itself, is a fantastic way to get you to have higher efficacy as, a, as an interviewer, as a discoverer yeah. in the discovery process. Again, in a very safe sort of sandbox environment.
1: Right. See how it would translate the question and give you an answer. And you realize that's not what I was digging into. That's, that's right. powerful stuff. because. I mean, getting those the phone calls and the market research is is such an important part, and we work so hard to to kind of make that time available to have those. Yeah. the more we can optimize those calls, I mean that's that's just power it, after power.
0: It's, it's precious hallowed time, right? We managed secure half an hour with a fantastic candidate, you know, part of our quiet eighty percent for our discovery calls. And we don't get the questions right. You don't get that 30 minutes back. So uh, no, no, you leave. And you me- measure, about. measure, as they say, measure twice, cut once. GPT is G- yes. a great way to
1: help you measure twice, right? Yeah, no, excellent point. All right, we've talked a little bit about it here and there, but let's talk about it. We've got a new course, AI Training for Product Professionals that you've been working with, as you mentioned, a partner who's been in the AI space yeah. and using generative AI in his products and, and his work. Talk to me a little bit about the course. What problem is it solving and what are they going to learn?
0: Yeah, so I mean, really, this, the problem that this uh, course solves, the problem we're talking about, how do product managers and product marketeers get an understanding of one? How does AI work? What does it do? How does it do the magic that it does and all that sort of thing? All the different types of generative AI tools out there. We do focus specifically on text generative AI, large language models, but as you mm-hmm. know, there's lots of other applications mm-hmm. of AI out there as well. But then we get into the prompt engineering. How do we think about prompts? All the different ways. We've still got a 101, 201, 301 structure to that. And then we yeah. have a hands-on workshop where we work through a series of steps that concludes, you know, a great storyline that resonates specifically with product management and product marketeers. And then finally, we close off the course, because this is something we heard when we did our discovery interviews, is how do we position this with management, right? Right now, the management team is very, very skeptical of this. In fact, when we did a poll, most people sort of have this as more of a bootstrap or, or, Mm -hmm. or grassroots effort right now, rather than mandate from management. So, how do we talk about the use of generative AI with our management team and position it with our management team as well? So that's kind of what rounds out. It's a, a great. It's a great
1: yeah. piece because even. There's the, they they don't understand or they use it just they're like, we should do generative AI, but they don't know what that means. And so there's still, again, a need to inform and explain, Yeah, you know, again, it's not the magic bullet. So either way that your management and leadership team falls on, there's an important conversation to be had to really fully leverage the power.
0: Absolutely. And in that as well, we don't miss out. Here are the cautions. Here's the things you got to watch out for hallucinations, you know, being one of them that we, we talked about, which is, again, is interesting that was such a human word to use with a machine that it hallucinates. It sort of brings to mind 2001 Space Odyssey or something like <laughs> that. But yes, so that's it. It's a, it's a six-hour course. Our first run, which I believe is sold out, is actually at the end of August. And then we've got runs every couple of weeks after that and all the information's on the Pragmatic website. And we're positioning it as a workshop rather than a course here because it's very much roll your hands up. I mean, that's what people want to do is roll, roll the sleeves up and, and, and get involved in it. So uh, that's the structure of it.
1: Yeah, no, and I love that you're going to get to practice. And I love the focus on prompts and the different types. I think that that, again, not only are going to learn about, but you're going to leave immediately being able to leverage the tool better. And you're going to get to work with some peers who are also yeah. kind of going through this and learn where they've used it and what they've not. And I think that's always a valuable part of the experience as well. Yeah,
0: I've got to say, and that's what we'll be collaborative with uh, Niels Janssen, who's the CEO of a company called Deliver, because he's really the guru in this. I'll be honest, I, I've been playing around with this since, you know, January or February, whenever it came out. And I thought I knew prompt engineering, right? And I'd seen a couple of, you know, things on, on, on YouTube and whatnot. But when I worked with Niels, I didn't know prompt engineering, like he, he, I I knew (laughs) the basics, right? I mean, he's, he's forgotten more than than most of us know about prompt engineering. So it was, it was uh, fantastic to see that and really get that next level and say, we go right into, here's the basics, but here's the really sophisticated stuff and uh, sort of guide people through that journey.
1: But I think it's such a great partnership because he does have really deep firsthand knowledge of prompt engineering and which you and, and, and our product team bring to the table is a really deep understanding of product management, product yeah. marketing. So we're going to teach you how to do the tool, but also specifically for your role and why it matters to you.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think, as always, we say that's the difference about Pragmatic is the instructors, we're not actors. We've all got more years than we care to remember under our belts, you know, and a, perhaps a couple of gray hairs around the temples as well.
1: And, you know, people who go get to see you there. So I mean, yeah. it's a, good, it's a, it's a good, good thing all around. And is there, if you were to say, and this course is for who? who? I think
0: if for anyone who's heard a lot about AI has maybe skirted around the edges of it, but still a little bit anxious or just wants to learn more about it and see specifically how it can be applied the job of product management or product marketing, then this is the course for them.
1: Yeah. And I would say even for those of us who've played around quite a bit, there's still a ton there, right? Yeah, it, it, I was one yeah. of those people,
0: Rebecca. Yeah, like you said, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we talked about lots of different things today. If you were going to have our listeners do two things differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today, what would that be?
0: I think the first thing is you need to think about, if you're unfamiliar with, with uh, generative AI, is you need to become familiar with this technology. Whether it's through a course or from other, some other means, you need to become familiar with this. And as we say in the course, actually, one of the first rules As a little bit of a teaser we reveal is AI will not replace people, but people using AI will replace people unless you're that person, right? That's Mm -hmm. what I would say today. And I would say the second thing is realize that whatever your experience is today, it's the most rudimentary version of AI you will ever use. And I think it's a skill set and a knowledge that anyone who wants to be successful in their career has to add to their, you know, armory of knowledge and skills and add on to their, add on to their bat belt as another uh, bat tool. Maybe I am aging myself there, but you get the gist, right?
1: Yes. Awesome. All right. Good advice. Great conversation, Will. Thank you very much for joining us. I really enjoyed having you share your experience and your insights and talking about the new course.
0: Rebecca, thanks so much. It was an absolute pleasure here. And I always enjoy having these conversations. As you say, we always, uh, you know, I describe myself as a right-hand side of the pragmatic framework sort of person as I think you are as well. But uh, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the time today and great discussion. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company and your career.